you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Why don't you put your hands together and lift up your voice? Hallelujah. Come on, someone take about 60 seconds and just worship the Lord. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, if you're thankful for the Holy Ghost, why don't you give him another hand clap and a shout of praise. I'm not thankful for singing, but I'm thankful for anointed singing. I'm not thankful for songs, but I'm thankful for anointed songs that lead us into the presence of God. And the Lord is in the house today. Come on, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and power. you have your Bibles, the book of Acts, chapter number 2, very familiar passage of Scripture. It's good to be home. It's been a little bit, but I'm thankful to see everyone, and, uh, and I'm thankful that the Lord is in the house today, and uh, I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost this morning that there's a shift that God wants to bring to us today. Amen. There's a change of direction. Come on. There's a refocus. There's a renewal. There's a revive. There's a revival that God wants to bring to us. Acts chapter 2, we're going to begin in verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now I think everyone could probably quote the next verse. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? That verse gets me really excited, but not near as much as the next one. For the promise is unto you. Come on, that's me. And unto your children, and unto all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's an exciting verse. But there's a directive that was given to us. And I love all the rest of this passage, but this is what I want to focus on this morning. Verse 42. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. I want to preach to you from the word of the Lord this morning. This is still that. This is still that. Would you lift up your hands and your voices all over the house? Jesus, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that's in the room today. I thank you, Lord, because you've come this morning to do an intentional work for somebody. Lord, we release the gift of faith in this house, miracles, signs, and wonders. Speak to us tonight, Lord, and we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Someone shout in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we put our hands together, lift up our voice, and let's shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that, I think, can't we? Come on, we're in an apostolic church. We believe in worship and in praise. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. William Seymour had arrived in Los Angeles February 22nd in the year 1906. Within two days, preaching at Julia Hutchins Church at the corner of 9th Street and Santa Fe. During his first sermon, he preached that speaking in tongues was the first biblical evidence of the inevitable baptism of the Holy Spirit. On the following Sunday, on March the 4th, he returned to that church to found to find that Hutchins had padlocked him out. Seymour and a small group of new followers soon re- relocated to the home of uh, Richard Asbury on 214 North Bonnie Bray, where families from holiness churches begin to attend the services that they had. It was said that this group would get together and they would begin to pray and fast that they might receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. On April uh, 9th, 1906, five weeks of Seymour preaching and praying and asking God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. He was uh, on the third day of a 10-day fast when it was reported that Edward Lee had spoken tongues for the very first time. At the next uh, meeting that they had, William Seymour began to testify of what had happened as it was reported that he preached on Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4 of when it read that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. 
It was reported that as he preached this, that six other people began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. What I find so interesting is that as Seymour began to preach that, even Seymour himself had not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But it was said that on April 12th, after preaching this and believing this, that Seymour received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues after praying all evening. There was an individual that could see what was happening at this address at 214 North Bonnie Bray. And they begin to report that they had shouted for over three days and evenings. He said it was Easter and the people came from all over. And the next day as I began to come out, there was not even a possibility of getting into the house because so many people were present. But it came that people would fall under the power of God. And they reported that not just the building but the entire community began to be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. He said that they shouted until the foundation of the house began to give in. And this group was eventually, uh, they had found a new address to have service at 312 Azusa in downtown Los Angeles. And it was said of these people as people began to come in and see what was happening. They said that devotees of this doctrine practiced the most incredible things and they preached in, uh, incredible uh, sermons. And, and as they began to work themselves into a state of excitement, it was said of these people that the spiritually hungry came from all over, that they could receive their Pentecost experience. They said that as they begin to come into the house, that the atmosphere of heaven begin to descend as they would feel under the unction of the Holy Ghost. There was one individual that came in who was the shepherd of another church in that community that would say that the Holy Ghost fell on me as literally in an instance it lifted me up as I began to shout praise God he said I knew not what was happening until the Holy Ghost began to speak through me and I received the infilling of the Spirit of God through the evidence of speaking in other tongues it was said that even people that were present would have no idea that what God began to do in this building would eventually be preached about and talked from all over that what happened in this building would set the tone for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in North America. It was said that in that old, dirty barren building that God took strong people that were broken into pieces as he began to put them back together again they said that in a short time that God had begun to unleash his power on these people and it was said that soon the building could not contain what God was doing they said that proud and well dressed people that would come in with the right suits and the right ties that after being in the presence of God that they would see them as they begin to shake under the unction of the Holy Ghost as God would fill them with his spirit. Uh, even one observer, he said that as you walked into the building, there was 
was not any instruments. There wasn't any songs. There wasn't any choir. But you could hear a praise begin to come up. For it was said that the angels were being heard as people begin to worship in the Spirit of God. No collections taken. There wasn't any advertising, no. But what was happening was being shouted all throughout a community. It was said of these people that as everyone began to hear what was happening, that there was a pricking in their heart that said that I've got to see what's happening on Azusa. It was said of these people that there was nobody behind it, but the Lord was behind what was going on. They didn't have any finances, and they didn't have any great advertising on any kind of social um, avenues uh, but rather what was happening is they said if you were in touch at all with what God was doing uh, that you would come in and you would understand that we were not being led by any individual but the Holy Ghost was leading us ladies and gentlemen I've come to tell you today that Acts chapter 2 was birthed in prayer. Azusa was birthed in prayer when somebody got desperate enough that God would reach their city that they decided to get up and to do something about it. I've just come to ask you today are you desperate enough for a revival in your family and in your city and on your job to do something about what's happening? I've come to tell you today day hear this preacher uh, whether in Acts chapter 2 uh, whether on Azusa uh, or whether at 2501 uh, that locations will change uh, buildings will evolve uh, styles will be different uh, but there's one thing that's got to stay the same uh, we're still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, we're still preaching uh, the apostles doctrine uh, yes we still shout hallelujah yes we still run the aisles yes we still dance in the spirit we still believe that God can heal the sick we still believe that God can deliver the bound we still speak with new tongues oh I've come to I've come to proclaim to the people of God today that what got us here will get us there oh I've come to preach to you we still need all night prayer. We still need shout down services. We need to fast more than one time a year. We need to dance and run and not just at a youth camp and not just at a camp meeting. Oh, but I've come to tell you we've got to have this. You hear this preacher right now for the word said, thus saith the Lord. Stand ye and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way. Here's what I've come to tell you today. A program won't fix our community. Lawyers won't fix our community. The only thing that's going to fix our community is the power of the Holy Ghost. I've come to remind the church today this is where we came from. This is who we are. 
And this is where we're going. Oh, you hear me tonight, church? We've got to keep praying. And we've got to keep praising. And we've got to keep fasting. What got us here will get us there. Oh, you hear me today? I become afraid when I come into churches that are so caught up. Our lights are great. And our sound is great. And our programs are great. But we lack in the unction and moving of the Holy Ghost. You hear me right now. If we don't have the Holy Ghost in the demonstration of the power of God, we might as well just go home. But we've got to be where it's happening. You hear me right now. It's not the desire of God for us to go to a dead church in a dry church in a broken church. But it's the desire of God. Get back to the old past. When's the last time you praised the Lord until you were lost in the spirit? When's the last time you prayed all night because the Lord was drawing you? When's the last time that you pushed back the dinner plate because you were hungry for a move of God? I've come to tell you today, it can't just be the preachers that push, but we've got to push together. One of you shall put a thousand to flight, but two of you can put 10,000. When we agree touching on any one thing, there will the Lord be in the midst of them. I've come to tell you today, they tried to lock it out, but the church had the key. They tried to bury it in the tomb, but it rose again. Caesar could not stop it. Pilate could not judge it. The grave could not contain it, and hell couldn't end it. But baby, I've come to tell you that all of these years after that we're still being the church, we still believe in the word of God. We still believe in the doctrine. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Oh, you ought to praise the Lord for about 30 seconds. Oh, I feel an urgency of the Holy Ghost today. You hear me right now. God didn't call us to blend in with every church in the community. They can do whatever they want to. They can dress however they want. They can sing whatever they want. But there's a difference. We're filled with the Spirit of God. And what gets on the inside has to show up on the outside. You hear me today. It's a problem when people walk into an apostolic church and don't know where they are. I've been to the Baptist church. I've been to the Presbyterian churches. I've been to the Catholic churches. But I've also been to the Apostolic church. You hear me? God has called you to be uniquely who you are. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of hearing people say, well, we have all of these excuses and the church isn't growing because people come in and they see us and we're odd and we're different and we're weird. Yes, we are. Because he's called you to be a holy people, a peculiar people, a holy nation, a a royal priesthood, a, a city set upon a hill. You hear me? You are not called to blend in with the rest of this city, with the rest of this region. But you're called to be the lighthouse to the broken in the dark in the lost world. You hear me? 
What the Lord wants to do today is to revive in us the old past that some of us have walked away from. But I tell you tonight, God is calling you to worship. God is calling you to prayer. God is calling you. Come on, somebody needs to believe it today. God is calling you. Get back to the old past. Get back to the old path. Come on, there's some things uh, that are non-negotiable in an apostolic church. Uh, As for me and my house, uh, I'm not going to settle for status quo. Uh, I'm not going to settle for dry church. Uh, I'm not going to settle for ordinary altar calls. Uh, But I've come to tell you, uh, it's time to wake up. Uh, Be who God has called you to be. You hear me? Oh, come on. Somebody take a moment and praise the Lord. Somebody take a moment and praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. You hear me? I've not come to preach to you anything that you've never heard, but I've come to remind you who you are in the Holy Ghost today. There are some things for the church that are non-negotiable, and I won't give up a single inch of the territory that God has promised to my church. If God has promised you Harvest, don't settle for a small harvest. If God has promised you deliverance, don't settle for a little deliverance. But I've come to tell you today quit settling for a lesser miracle than what the Lord has promised you. You hear me right now? You can quote it, you can post it, Instagram it, tweet it, Facebook it, whatever you want to do. But the day that I start coming to church and every service is dry, I'm not wasting my time anymore. I'm done right there because this is what the word says that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water that means that it gets on the inside and then it shows up on the outside some people say well it's not who I am no you hear me today if it's not showing up don't tell me you're filled with the Holy Ghost I still believe that there is one God and his name is Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said in John 10, I and my Father are one. In John chapter 14, he that has seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then show us the Father. Uh, I had a man come up to me after a service uh, and he said, I don't think I heard you. Uh, Did you really say that there's no Trinity? I said, yes, that's exactly what I said. He said, why would you say that? I said, because it's what the book says. Uh, He said, but why would you say that? I said, because the Bible says it uh, and if you believe that there is, you can't make it to heaven. He looked at me, man, his eyes were huge. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you hear me right now. There is one God and his name is Jesus Christ. 
He said, I don't believe it. I said, you should, uh, because even the devil believes that there is one God. Uh, That's why I said in James, thou believest there is one God, uh, and you do good. uh, But the devils believe, uh, and they tremble. Uh, You hear me right now? The devil isn't afraid uh, of a nameless church. The devil's not afraid of a nameless church. It was said in biblical times when kings would overtake a city, they would come out and begin to proclaim who they are. And it would show in ownership. Likewise unto that, the Jews would wake up every day and they would proclaim over their households, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They were invoking the name. The name shows to whom it belongs. That's why we're not Jesus only. We're Jesus everything. We baptize in the name and pray in the name and preach in the name and worship in the name because the name is contractual. The name is contractual. Uh, When you sign your name to the contract, uh, it is legally binding you. Uh, Likewise, when Jesus Christ uh, puts his name on you, uh, there's a legally binding contract uh, that the gates of hell uh, will not prevail uh, against uh, the church. Uh, That's why I still believe uh, that we've got to repent of our sins uh, and be baptized uh, in the name of Jesus. And I believe that we ought to be excited about it uh, because you need to remember where you were when the Lord brought you out. Uh, The biggest problem in the church uh, is forgetting where you came from. Uh, But if you remember where you're from, uh, you can see where you're going. Oh, I've come to tell you... uh, That's why it said in Acts chapter 22 and 16, why are you tearing? Arise and be baptized. Wash away the sins, calling on the name of the Lord, which is Jesus. Let me give you the GJV. What are you waiting for? Get up from where you are. Uh, get baptized in the name of Jesus uh, and uh, wash your sins away. Uh, that's why we used to sing, What can wash away my sins? Uh, nothing but the blood uh, of Jesus. Uh, oh, I've come to tell you, uh, this is still that. Uh, we still have to repent. Uh, we've still got to be baptized uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, and when you're baptized, uh, the sin of your past is erased. The promise of your future is unto you. I watched a drunk man in Kenya walk in off of the street. Uh, He heard the music and was dancing and singing and doing all kind of stuff and he came in but he saw people being baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, He's drunk as a skunk. He said, man, I want to be baptized. Uh, Someone said, my God, we can't baptize him. He's drunk. Uh, Here's my question. Why not? That's the best drunk decision he'll ever make. You hear me? I'll baptize them drunk. I'll baptize them sober. I'll baptize them high. I'll baptize them low. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't care. Because when they come in high, they find out about the most high. And when they come in drunk, they find out about being drunk in the spirit. That the Lord will take you where narcotics couldn't take you. That's what the world's after. It's a fake high. 
They'll smoke it. They'll drink it. They'll shoot it. They'll snort it. They'll do whatever they have to do because they're trying to find a high. But didn't the word say, oh, taste and see that the Lord, uh, he is good. Uh, when you taste of him, uh, you'll never thirst of another alcohol drink. Uh, you'll never desire another puff of a cigarette. Uh, you hear me right now. Uh, God is still in the business uh, of delivering the bound. He said, I got to be baptized. They said, we can't. I said, you can't, homie. Watch this. Walked up. He said, hey, bro, what do I do? I said, just get in the water. He's like, all right, man, cool. I said, some of y'all are laughing because you used to be there. He got out in the tub. I said, all right, put your nose right here. You know, do all this stuff, all the good instructions. And he said, okay. I said, by the confession of your faith and in obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. As I was going down, all I heard him say was, cool. Splat. And then he came up out of the water. And he started looking around. And he said, how'd I get here? I said, you were just baptized in the name of Jesus. He said, I don't know what's happened in the last 12 hours. What am I doing sitting in here right now? I said, God just washed away your sins. He lifted up his hands. God filled them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's the kind of revival that we need. Uh, bring us the crack addicts. Uh, bring us the alcoholics. Uh, bring us the broken. Uh, bring us, my God, uh, bring us the bound. You hear me? I've heard churches say, uh, oh, God, send us the rich and the millionaires, and God bless them. We want all of them too. But you hear me. I praise God when I walk into the house of God, and it smells like cigarettes and alcohol, and they don't look like I do, because where there's different, there's the potential for a miracle. I went to a service one time. They said, well, my God, uh, if we had everyone that we've ever had, we'd have to rent out a gym. Uh, but bless God, we're saved. Well, congratulations. But if the whole church is saved, then you're not accomplishing anything. Uh, because the job of the church is to seek and save uh, that which is lost. Uh, send me the lost. Uh, send me the broken. Uh, come on, that's what the Lord wanted. Uh, he said, that's what I'm commissioning you to do, to be the hands and the feet of Christ. All right, and you know what? I still believe that we must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the initial sign of the Spirit of God coming in us. You hear me right now. Attending church on Sunday will not get you to heaven. Attending Wednesday night Bible study will not get you to heaven. And you should do these things. Paying your tithing will not get you to heaven. But unless a man is born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Oh, it's getting tight in here. You hear me. You will not make it unless you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If we can't get excited about that, we can't get excited about anything. Someone said, oh, dear Jesus, here's Brother Gentry. He's back. Let's throw hand grenades and beat people up. No, I'm not trying to beat you up. I love you enough to tell you the truth. you got to be born again of the water. 
You've got to be born again of the Spirit. Uh, you look all throughout this congregation are people that have received their Pentecost experience. Uh, all we want to do is give you what we've got to hold up. Come on. This is something we're shouting about. Uh, Acts chapter 19, and it came to pass that while, Apos that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came into Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto them, We haven't even heard if there be any Holy Ghost. He said unto them, Then how were you baptized? He, they said unto John's. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto to the people that you should believe on him which come after him that is on Christ. When they heard this it said they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the miracle didn't stop there for when Paul laid his hands on them the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spake with tongues and they prophesied. There is only one way. Come on, this is still that. Uh, this is still that. Uh, this is still that. Uh, it's the contractual agreement. Uh, when you repent and you're baptized, uh, there is a promise of the Holy Ghost uh, that God will send unto you uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, it is essential. Someone said, why are you preaching it so hard? Uh, because the Lord told me this morning that we need to stop and remind ourselves of who we are, what we believe, and what our job is. Uh, you hear me right now coming into church and sitting idly by, uh, it just ain't going to cut it. Uh, but pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers uh, into the harvest fields that are white and ready. Uh, that means that God's waiting on you to see the revival uh, that you talk about and post about and pray about uh, and preach about and shout about and sing about. But you got to do something about. You know, I agree with many people that all roads lead to eternity. But only one road leads to heaven. biggest lie of the enemy to tell you that spirituality will get you to heaven. That's not the truth. I believe in being a spirit-led church. I believe in being a spirit-filled church. Uh, but spirituality in itself won't cut it. Uh, but there's some things that God has required of us. Uh, I'm thankful for repentance. Uh, I'm thankful for baptism in Jesus' name. Uh, I'm thankful for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, because the path is still straight and narrow. Uh, and whether you believe it or not, uh, the church, you hear me. Every other church wants to be more like you. I heard a Harvard professor say one time uh, that he's so concerned uh, because he sees the oneness, holiness church uh, coming closer to the charismatic church. Uh, he said that it concerned him because the oneness, holiness church uh, has always been the anchor to try to pull the charismatics in. He said, but the oneness church is shifting towards us. And I tell you that this is a dangerous time. Uh, you hear me right now. This is the time to be in the ship of Zion. This is the time to be in the ship of Zion. This is the time to be a part of the church. This is the time to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the time to be delivered. This is the time to know that you know that you're saved.
I was eating in a Mexican store one time. Many of you guys have heard this. And a man came in. He came in. He talked. He introduced himself. He owned it. He's a pastor of a non-denominational church. He came in, and he's like, man, it's so good to meet you. Thank you for, you know, being here, eating all that kind of stuff. And he left. About 10 minutes afterwards, we're sitting there, and the man comes back in. And he walks in, and he's crying. And he said, "Uh, excuse me. I said, yes, sir. He said, I don't know how to explain what just happened. He said, but when I met you, I knew that something was different about you. What is it? We said, it's the power of the Holy Ghost that's living inside of us. He said, well, he said, I don't know how to explain it. I've never experienced it, but I went out to my car. He said, and as I sat there, he said, I don't know that I've ever heard the voice of God. He said, but I heard it today. I said, okay, well, tell me. He said, I don't know. He said, I, 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 I know that you're apostolic, uh, and you know that I'm non-denominational. Uh, he said, but the voice of the Lord told me that you're to come preach at my church because we need what you have. I said, okay. And the host pastor, he looked at him. He said, he'll be there. I said, thank you for filling my schedule. I appreciate you. He said, he'll be there. I said, no, only on one condition. I said, when I come, I'm preaching on the infilling of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, whatever you feel, I just know that you need to be here. Uh, we showed up the first Sunday of 2020. Uh, man, the place was dead. People were looking at me. I was preaching. I said, man, we've got to repent. We've got to be baptized. And we've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and they looked at me. They're like, yeah, that's great. Kind of like some of y'all been looking today. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, so here's what's going to happen. They said, we don't even know what to do. I said, well, let's come up to the front. We repented of our sins. And everyone was looking around, and I heard one guy. He said, what now? I said, it's a good thing that you asked. So we're going to lift up our hands. And we're going to begin to praise God. And when you praise God, you're going to feel something begin to come over you. And it's going to be a language that you've never heard. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost through the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, they looked at me. They said, what are you talking about? I said, well, let's just try. They said, okay. We repented. They lifted up their hands, spoke the word of faith. Said, in the name of Jesus Christ, receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. I said, All right, now somebody begin to lift up your voice and praise God. They said, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And they looked all around. They're like, Man, what are we waiting on? What happens now? We kept praising, we kept praising, we kept praising. And everyone was looking and they're like, Man, what do we do? I said, Come on, we got to focus ourselves in because you hear me today, church. And every service is a battle for the worship of the congregation. That's why it's so difficult. To say, somebody get out in the aisle and shout. Somebody lift up your hands and shout hallelujah. And it's a battle. It's a battle because you'll worship something. You'll always worship something. A lack of response is not worship to the king. It's building the kingdom of the enemy. It's biblical. You will open up a gate to something. What gate are you opening? What's inhabiting your praises? What's inhabiting your lack of praise? If he inhabits the praises of his people, then the enemy must inhabit the lack of praise. Because everything that hell is is the opposite of heaven. Everything that Satan is is the opposite of God. So if God is love, Satan is hate. If God is balance, Satan is imbalance. I said, come on, let's focus in. They lifted up their hands and began to praise God. All of a sudden, I saw one person, they started crying. They said, hallelujah, hallelujah. And all of a sudden, man, everyone stopped and they turned over because the guy, he started speaking in other tongues. And the people were like, whoa, what just happened? 
And the guy started speaking in other tongues all the way over here as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. And I heard one person scream out, what is that? I said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last day, saith God, will pour out of his Spirit. Let me tell you something about apostolic revival in the Holy Ghost. This guy started speaking in other tongues. It wasn't just a few seconds. And then the person beside him started speaking in other tongues and then a third person and then a fourth person. You hear me right now that the Holy Ghost is more contagious than COVID ever thought about being. You hear me right now by the time we left there 13 people were filled with the Holy This is that I love our programs, but programs aren't what we need. Our faith can't be in a program. We need a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I love our coffee shop, but coffee isn't what we need. I would to God that we made as much time to pray as to eat donuts and drink coffee. I love our lights and our sound system, and I'm not against them, but lights and sound won't deliver the bound. Only the Holy Ghost can do it. We have the best praise team, but the devil doesn't fear the title. He only fears the action of praise. We have the best, most anointed musicians, but talent won't take us where prayer and consecration will. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, we need to move. You hear me? There's some things that are essential. I still believe in holiness, without which no man shall see him. Holiness has never been an elective, but it's part of the doctrine. First Peter chapter 1, be ye holy, for I am holy. I believe in a holy church that serves a holy God, that's filled with the Holy Ghost. I heard a preacher... I heard somebody say, well, we need our churches to be more like Jesus. Let's stop preaching against so many things, and let's just all get along. But I beg to differ. He's a holy God, and we live a life of holiness because you will attract what you are. You will attract what you are. That's why I believe in a church that's holy and separated under the Lord. Holiness will guard my family. It guards my salvation. It guards my growth. It guards my marriage. It guards my family. I want to serve the devil a notice today for every person that's disgruntled with holiness to say that it's not essential. There's an old sheep farmer and he died and he passed this this uh, farm on uh, to his uh, kid and the kid came out on the first day and the sheep are inside of a pen and so he starts trying to figure out what all is happening so he comes back second day third day fourth day sheep are still in that pen but about the seventh day he came out would you know that the sheep are just outside of the pen he started scratching his head. He said, what are they doing outside of the pen? They're supposed to be inside. He puts them in. Comes out the next day. Would you know that they're outside of the pen again? In the 10th day, and 11th day, and the 12th day, and the third, outside of the pen, outside of the pen. And the young man, he said, you know what? I know what they need. I need to tear down this pen, and I need to build them a bigger pen. That's what they 
desire, and that's what I'll give him. So he goes outside. He tears down the pen. He builds a bigger one. For two months, everything was great. But would you know, on two months and one day, he comes outside. Anybody want to guess where the sheep are? Just outside of the pen again. He comes out. He said, what in the world is going on? I built them a bigger pen. He kicks them back into the pen. Stay in the pen. Comes out. They're just outside of the pen again. And then the next day, in the next day, in the next day, outside of the pen, outside of the pen, the farmer says, you know what they need? They don't need a pen at all. I'm going to tear down the pen, and I'm going to build a fence. That's what they need. Tears down that pen. He builds a fence up. And man, for six months, everything was perfect. But would you know that on the seventh month, he walked outside and, anybody want to guess? Sheep are just outside of the fence. He gets mad, man. He's kicking the dirt and spitting and stomping and mad. He said, what on earth is going on? He comes outside the next day and the next week and the next month, outside of the fence, outside of the fence. And the farmer says, you know what? I'm tired of this. What they need is I need to tear down the fences and just let them graze wherever they want to, and then they'll be happy. He goes outside, man. He gets mad, tears down the fence, says, there, there they go. For a year, everything was just fine. He comes outside. I said, look at this, man, the fence is down. The sheep are happy. I'm not having to gather anybody in. And then all of a sudden, one day, he goes into town to go pick up a few uh, things. And his phone goes off, and the sheriff calls him. Farmer answers, says yes. And the sheriff says, hey, man, you got to get back out here. Something terrible has happened. The farmer takes off, and he drives out. And when he pulls up, he looks, and the sheep are slaughtered all over the field. He comes up, he's scratching his head. He asked the sheriff, he said, what on earth happened? And the sheriff said, while you were gone, a pack of dogs came in and killed all of these. He said, farmer, where's your fence? He said, I don't have a fence. He said, where's your pen? He said, I don't have a pen. He said, before you tear it down, you better know why it was put up. He said, you thought that the fence and the pen was about keeping the sheep in. It's not about keeping you in. It's about keeping the wolf out. That's why I believe in a holy church uh, that believes in godly separations and standards. Uh, Young people, don't give up on your holiness. Uh, It's keeping the enemy out. Uh, Mom and dad, don't give up on holiness. Uh, It's keeping your children safe. My God, we ought to give the Lord a praise uh, for holiness. Uh, I'm thankful for a holy church. I'm thankful for a holy church. Uh, I'm thankful for a holy church. Someone said, I don't want to be a part of a holy church. God bless you. There's 20 other churches down the street. But God's called this church to be a holy church. In a separated church. In a consecrated church. I'm just telling you right now. There has been a spirit of ages that every generation has tried to come into this assembly and has tried to pull us away from the things that God has called us to. But I tell you right now that there is an anointing on every young adult and every young person that's in the room today. They want this thing. They want it. You hear me? They want it. I've heard moms and dads all over, they say, well, we just want to be a little bit different because I want to make my kids happy. Our kids have shown us the last two weeks uh, that what they wanted is is an apostolic move uh, and demonstration uh, of the Holy Ghost. Young people, is that what you want? That's what they want. But let me tell you something about children. Children. 
Children will pursue what their parents celebrate. Children will pursue what their parents celebrate. Uh, if the only thing that you celebrate is hitting a home run baseball, then that's the only thing that your kids are going to celebrate. Uh, if the only thing that you celebrate uh, is how many baskets they score in a basketball game, uh, then that's the only thing that they'll celebrate. Uh, but I thank God for godly parents uh, that celebrate moves of the Holy Ghost, uh, that celebrate holiness, uh, that celebrate separation, that You hear me right now. I thank God for parents uh, that celebrated praising God. Uh, uh, growing up, I was always fat and I couldn't run very well. Uh, but I thank God for parents that used to take me and say, come on, Jenna, this is how we praise God. Uh, I was never too good at running any bases, uh, but I learned how to run aisles. You hear me? Uh, we've got to celebrate something that'll keep us. Uh, we've got to celebrate something uh, that'll sustain us. That's why I thank God uh, and I still believe uh, in a church that is separated under the Lord. Are you thankful for separation? Come on, are you thankful for separation? Uh, I've heard a lie of the enemy over and over and over. Holiness is what God requires. Separation is what I choose. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Separation is required just as much as holiness is. That's why when you look, separation was the first requirement that God had for mankind. He said, I've created for you a perfect paradise. I've put you in a garden. I've given you a help. I've given you a job. He said, but I'm requiring of you one thing. You can have anything you want, but you got to separate yourself from the tree of knowledge. First thing God ever required of man was separation. Someone shout separation. I submit to you today that it was an ordinary tree. It's just an ordinary tree. Wasn't nothing magical about it. Wasn't anything special about it. Uh, the tree couldn't contain evil because it was just a regular tree in a regular garden uh, with regular people. But it was never about the tree. Uh, sin was not found in the item but rather in the action. I'm going to say it one more time because you need to hear this. Sin was not found in the item. Sin was found in the action. That's why we need to be a church that is separated unto the Lord. When Adam and Eve lost their separation, then God separated himself from them. That's what happened. But we live in a society today where we've got drag queens and cross dressers going into schools and teaching them and telling them that all this thing is okay and we need to accept and we need to be proud and we need to. Let me tell you something. The only thing that I'm proud of is that the word of God is infallible and that the gate of hell won't prevail. You hear me right now. Someone said, my God, haven't we evolved away from preaching about this? Not a chance. Not a chance. Not one chance have we evolved away from preaching about the Holy Ghost and holiness and separation. Because you fight fire with fire. And hell is hot. So our services have to be hotter. Oh, you hear me tonight. 
What are you willing to do for your children uh, when the government and teachers uh, are trying to draw them into a pit of sin? Uh, What are you willing to stand against? Uh, What are you willing to stand against? You hear me right now. Any father that would see his child uh, being attacked and beaten and killed uh, that didn't actively do something to try to stop it uh, is a pathetic father. Likewise, every Holy Ghost filled parent uh, that sees a young person uh, that is being beaten up, uh, that is being drawn into sin, uh, that is being drawn into iniquity, uh, that society is trying to shove a narrative uh, down their throat. Uh, You hear me, young person? Uh, The church sets the tone for the world. Uh, The world should never set the tone for the church. Uh, You be who you are. I wish I had a parent that believed that right now. I wish I had a parent that believed that right now. Uh, It's not an elective. Uh, It's a command. Uh, We need to look like the church. Uh, We need to talk like the church. Uh, We need to worship like the church. Uh, We need to preach like the church. Uh, Our men uh, should look like men. Uh, Our ladies uh, should look like ladies uh, because God separates uh, what he values. He separates what he values. This is still that. This is still that. And I tell you today that with all of these things, you must understand this, that we got to quit asking the question, what can I get by with? That's not the question. I don't need to know what I can get by with. That's why the Bible tells us of a story of the man of Rebshakeh that came out as they were attacking the children of Israel. And Rebshakeh knew how to speak the language of Israel. And the Bible said that the people had their ears to the fences. And Rebshakeh begins to speak in the Hebrew tongue. And he makes them all afraid. And we preach about this. Man, the enemy knows how to speak your language. Man, the enemy, he knows how to get in your ear. And all of these things are true. Uh, But I have another question. Uh, Why put yourself close enough to the fence to hear the enemy? The only people that heard the enemy were the people that were straddling the fence. I don't want to be near the edge. I want to be in the middle of what's happening. Oh, we got to be in the middle of what's happening. I preached too long and I'm almost done. But I still believe in a church that practices exuberant praise and worship. We run, we shout, we dance, we clap our hands, uh, we shake our head, uh, we stomp our feet. This is who we are. Uh, I still believe in a church uh, that has shout down Sunday nights. Uh, I still believe in a church uh, that doesn't need any cheerleading or prodding. Uh, But I believe in a church uh, that wants to worship the Lord. I see you. You can watch a two-hour video, but you can't listen to an hour sermon. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. What do you value? What do you celebrate? You hear me right now. 
24 times in the Bible. Uh, it commands us, praise ye the Lord. Uh, Judges 5, praise ye the Lord. Uh, Psalms 104, praise ye the Lord. Uh, 105, praise ye the Lord. 106, praise ye the Lord. 106, praise ye the Lord. 111, praise ye the Lord. 112, praise ye the Lord. 113, praise ye the Lord. 113 and 9, praise ye the Lord. 116, praise ye the Lord. 135, praise ye the Lord. 146, praise ye the Lord. You hear me right now. Praise is not an elective. Praise is a commandment. I said praise is a commandment. Don't tell me you're saved if you can't worship the Lord. I'm going to tell you what God wants to do. He wants to give us a revival of praise and of worship in our churches. He inhabits the praises of his people. That's why he said, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. With the trumpet, with the psaltery, with the harp, let everything that hath you hear me you hear me I've come to tell you he inhabits the praises of his people I've had a few of you guys that have called me over the last few months and said man we're in a dry spell what's going on man I don't understand what's happening we've been praying we've been doing everything you hear me right now you can pray you can fast you can read you can study you can prophesy but if you don't praise he won't be in your presence It is a simple equation. He inhabits uh, the praises uh, of his people. Uh, praise, uh, this is still that. Here's what the word of the Lord said in John chapter 4. For the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. For God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Do you believe in the oneness of God? Do you believe in the oneness of God? Do you believe in repentance? Do you believe in baptism in Jesus' name? Do you believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost? Then, baby, you've got to believe in worship. You hear me right now. God is giving you a key in the Holy Ghost to push back the gates of hell. You hear me right now. We worship in spirit because worship is a spiritual act. We worship in truth because worship is a spiritual statement. And the Lord told me today that he wants to deliver us. He wants to deliver the church from a conference mentality. That's what he wants. God help us when we can dance at camp meeting, but we can't dance on Sunday morning. God help us when we can dance at the youth rally, uh, but we can't dance on Sunday night. God help us when we can shout and jump up and down, uh, when the Colts make a touchdown, uh, but you can't shout or jump up and down uh, when the Lord makes a touchdown. 
You said, my God, he's against everything. No, I'm not. I'm for the Lord. I'm for the Holy Ghost. I'm for the church. You hear me right now. Somebody lift up your hands all over the place right now. There's a shifting about to happen right now. God wants to deliver us from the conference mentality. Hell is not afraid of a church uh, that the only time that you can dance and shouts when you go to because of the times uh, when you hear people preach at camp meeting. Uh, he's not afraid of people that only shout for their favorite sports team, uh, but you can't shout for the presence of God. This is still that. This is still that. Grab the hand of your neighbor. I want you to come down to the front. Music team, you can come. Let's come down to the front. Everybody move quick. Come on. Let's move quickly. Let's move quickly. We're not going to lose this. We're about to go somewhere. I want to draw you back to a portion that I talked about at the beginning of this from Azusa Street. No instruments of music are used and none are needed. The choir, the angels have been heard by some in the spirit. It said that the angels were the choir. No collections are taken. No bills have been posted to advertise the meetings. No church organization is backing it. But everyone who's in touch with God soon realizes that the Holy Ghost is leading the meeting. Let me tell you what God. Somebody lift up your hands and receive the word of the Lord. This key, this key of worshiping in spirit and in truth is the key to unlocking the next dimension that's set before Christian Life Church. We worship in spirit. That means that it's not predicated on what's going on in the natural world around us. 
And we worship in truth, not according to what we feel, but according to what we know. And the Lord is saying that if we will break into true, unadulterated, unfiltered praise and worship, and we will fall in love with the doctrine of Jesus Christ again, that there's a dimension of revival. Y'all get ready and gear up. Here's what we're going to do right now. Here's what we're going to do. I want everybody, if you have children, I want you to go to your parents, go to your kids, do whatever you want to do, but I want us to get together right now. And I want to give us very specific instructions in the Holy Ghost because this is right. This is in order. We're in the will of God right now. We're in the will of God right now. If you have family in here, I want you to go to them. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to praise and sing and dance and shout. We're going to do everything that we know to do. The lie of the enemy is to say, if God will do this, then I will do that. That's not what God is requiring of us in this moment. If you will do this, God will do that. But it's got to be unfiltered. It's got to be unadulterated. That means that you got to let go of everything that tried to follow you into here. you got to let go of problems that are going on in the church that you know about and people that you've been angry and everything that you disagree with and everything that you're disgruntled with. It's not about that. But what this is about is worshiping in spirit and in truth. I've had you get together with your family because we are going to have some parents that are going to celebrate what God wants to do in this hour. We're going to celebrate what God wants to do. And I'm asking you right now, if you've ever brought your kids to a ball game and you've cheered for the team, I'm asking you to cheer for the Lord right now. If you've ever danced in the Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to dance in the Holy Ghost right now. Before the first song is even played, before the beat and the rhythm of the drums begin to play, I'm asking you right now all over the house, I want you to lift up your hands. I want to speak a word of faith, and I want you to shout hallelujah. As you shout hallelujah, I want you to run. I want you to jump. I want you to shout. I want you to dance. You shut your eyes and don't worry about how it looks. But we're coming back to this. Come on, this is that. This is that. Somebody somebody, get in tune with it right now. And by the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let every hindrance of revival begin to fall off of you right now. Let every chain, there you go. Go ahead and let it go. Let every chain that has held you captive begin to be released from you. Let every motivation that's not of God begin to leave you right now. Be baptized with the love of the truth. Be baptized with the love of worship. Be baptized with the love of the doctrine. And somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. I'm calling you right now. If you haven't danced, I want you to dance. If you haven't shouted, I want you to shout. If you haven't spoken tongues, I want you to speak in tongues. But we need to release it right now. Come on, release it. Release it, release it, release it. Uh, this is that which was spoken. Uh, 
by the prophet Joel. Come on, there's some families that you've been going through hell. Your season of torment is over. There's some marriages that you've been dealing with depression. It's over right now. But this is the beginning of a new dimension. He's desiring to worship in spirit and in truth. Come on, every hand lifted, every voice raised to the Lord. Shut your eyes. Get lost in it right now. Get lost in it right now. Before they even begin to sing, you ought to begin to walk the aisles. Somebody begin to worship the Lord. Somebody begin to release your faith. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, this is the battle for your worship. This is the battle for your worship. It's happening right now. Somebody begin to release your faith. Begin to silence the voice of the enemy. Maybe you don't know what to do. Just start putting one foot in front of the other. Start walking around the sanctuary. Start lifting your hands. Start lifting your voice. But somebody be apostolic. Somebody fall in love with this again. Go back to the old path. Go back to the first love. desiring such to worship him. Don't just let it be a song. Let's lead him in worship. Let's lead in praise. Somebody give a praise unto the Lord. Somebody give a praise unto the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, come on, come on. This is the battle. This is the battle right here. In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. going to do. Here's what's going to happen. 
We're going to surround this place in worship right now. If you're on the right, I want you just to start moving down this aisle right here. Move down the aisle. Y'all move down this aisle. Move down the side aisle. Somebody get in the back. Uh, and here's what we're going to do. I want us to spread out. Uh, and I want us to encapsulate this sanctuary in praise and worship right now. Come on, everybody. Uh, everybody, if you got a baby, uh, this is the time to teach your baby how to worship. Uh, come on, we're not in a hurry today. Uh, but we're going to just release faith uh, and release praise in the house. Uh, come on, with your hands lifted high. Uh, just shut your eyes and don't worry about your neighbor right now. Uh, but we're going to begin to praise the Lord. Uh, if you want to walk, I want you to walk. If you want to jump, I want you to jump. But we're going to begin to encapsulate this place in praise. Come on, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know. Breakthrough is coming. Come on, somebody begin to move around right now. We need to get loose in the Holy Ghost. Just let worship overtake you. Let praise and worship. David, worship him. Worship in spirit and truth. In spirit and truth. By faith. spiritual moment this is a spiritual moment this is a spiritual moment come on we have one that's about to receive the Holy Ghost right now Here's why we surround the church. When the children of Israel came to the walls of Jericho, they encapsulated the enemy. Every seat that's in this building represents a person that's in this community that the devil is trying to fight to keep them from receiving the Holy Ghost. God has given you everything you need to surround your enemy in praise and worship. 
But the only way that the walls would begin to fall uh, is when the people of God, she just received the Holy Ghost, uh, is when the people of God uh, begin to lift up their voice with a shout, uh, with every hand lifted high in the room right now. Uh, I wonder if you'd begin to lift up your voice, uh, not to sing the word of a song, uh, but if you would begin to lift up your voice uh, with a shout uh, of praise and adoration uh, and see the walls begin to fall. Uh, come on, the walls of revival. Uh, let them fall right now. Uh, your family will be saved. Uh, your family will be delivered. Uh, I know, I know.